Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And uh, this week we had some pretty high highs and also some kind of low lows when it came to that Mississippi State game, but just a lot of sports happening over this past week. Sports yeah, sports. Yeah, lots of sports. All the sports. All the sports. Was it three basketball games and four baseball games to talk about? It's a lot on the menu tonight. So uh, I guess we should probably go ahead and get started. And first up was a win for the basketball team in the NIT against Western Kentucky. We spent about half the episode last yeah, week previewing it. it. Suck it, Western Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, sorry to uh, Jared, um, the topper guy. What's their Twitter called again? I forget. The Towerack. The Towerack. Towerack. There we go, yeah. Yeah, so this, uh, this Western Kentucky game was a really, really fun game. You know, pretty close the whole way and really just – Fun to watch, right? Yeah, and so uh, we won pretty convincingly, mostly thanks to three-pointers and mostly thanks to Caleb Ledoux, who just could not miss in this game. And he really, almost by himself, leads Tech to a 72-65 to victory over the Hilltoppers. Yes, yeah. Kenny Lofton, we'll talk about him in a second, but Ledoux is really, this is the game we really need to shout him out. Yeah, Ledoux starts the game out 4-for-4 uh, four four from three-point land in the first half. Scored 14 points in the first half to lead Tech to a 39 to 31 uh, lead at half, and he ended up six for seven from three points. So he kind of came out in this tournament saying, "I'm just going to shoot the ball and see what happens." You know, it's his last his last ride as a bulldog. So he was just going to let loose. Yeah, it was fun. It's it's fun when you make all those three pointers. It's not so fun when <laughs> Tech is on a scoring drought and just keeps throwing them up and none of them are falling. But early on, Tech's kind of in control of this game. And then uh, we just went cold. Maybe Ledoux went to the bench. I'm not really sure. But from about 14 minutes left in the first half to about three minutes left in the first half, Tech only hits four shots over that 11-minute period. That's uh, not great. Yeah, we really let Western Kentucky come back and I think pull a lead at that point, huh? Yeah, they were up by four at the end of that shooting drought, 31-27. to But... Then Tech, all of a sudden, they make a shot and learn, hey, we can do more of this, and go on a 12-0 run immediately following that to end the half. So now Tech actually has that halftime lead, which yeah, it, including, is good. Including three straight threes to close out the half, one by Ledoux, one by Christian, and one by Kobe Williams. So um, right. I guess there was, there was a miss in there somewhere. But, but yeah, I mean, everybody was just spreading the ball around, but shooting threes and hitting them, I guess. And those threes had some range on them too. Like they yeah. were, they were taking some some parking lot shots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can't miss, might as well crosses half court in range. <laughs> By God, that's Steph Curry's music. <laughs> what would Steph Curry's music be if he had music? Uh, I imagine some gospel hip hop. I would think it would be "Cake by the Ocean." You know, <laughs> I don't see that. Oh, oh never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> So the second so. half, the second half um, started out okay. We we hit a jumper in the paint by Lofton, trying to get him going. But then Western Kentucky kind of closed that that gap that we had at halftime, didn't they? Yeah, they just didn't go away in this game. They kind of it felt like the kind of runs that Tech had in this game. It felt like this should be over with ten minutes left in the game, but the Hilltoppers were still what was this a ten point game at worst. Uh, throughout most of the second half and tech also went cold for a little bit about the 10 minute mark to about the four minute mark only hitting one shot 
in that six minute period. But again, when you shoot 11 of 18 from three point, then you're just not going to lose very many games. And that's really what ends up being the decider here. And again, Tech wins 72 to 65. This Bulldog team this night, this is what I was scared of going into the conference tournament in Frisco. I was scared of a three-point team, not always a great three-point shooting team. Tech is, I believe, below average on the season, but just a team that gets hot and can't miss, and there's nothing Western Kentucky could even really do about it here. Yeah, I mean, they just couldn't match our shooting, and, you know, they, they got us on our hot night, and on Saturday afternoon, you know, if we had played Western Kentucky then, who knows what would have happened, but because we were not hot then, as we'll get to in a minute. Man's not hot. Good reference. Thank you. I'm glad Josh is here because he gets things sometimes. Maybe you not get that. I like to pretend that Josh is uh, in tune with me so greatly that he knows exactly what I'm thinking at this very moment. You're thinking about Cake by the Ocean. I really was. <laughs> <laughs> I want to eat Cake by the Ocean for realsies. So anyway, what's after WKU? Oh, After WKU is the thing we don't really talk about. Oh. And that's... Hold on, let me me say one more positive thing. Western Kentucky was held to sub-40% shooting six times this season, and Tech did it all three times we faced them. So we were were three of those six that held Western Kentucky below 40%. That's that's 50%. Yes, 50% of 40%. So 45%, I don't know. That was embarrassing. (laughs) Speaking of embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's a transition. It feels like every time the Bulldogs play Mississippi State, it's an embarrassing loss. Oh, gosh. Tech didn't lose 3-93, to but we did lose by 22, 84-62. That was a very poor reference. And yeah. Very, and my it was a very was poor really... showing. I am shook it. Mississippi State had two distinct 11-0 runs, and those end up being the difference because, again, they win by 22 or two yeah. times 11. I'm not even going to involve percentages like Evan to a second ago. <laughs> I mean, look, the thing about this game that you really have to know if you didn't watch it is if you listen to Nathan and I drone on for 37 minutes about these games and previewing them the other night um, while I was drunk, um, um, we said Mississippi State is not a three-point shooting team. So Tech needs to make sure that they force them to take outside shots that they don't like to take. And lo and behold, what does fucking DJ Stork come out and do? He scores 14 points in the first, like, three minutes on four threes. So... I think Tech scouted the team right and was letting them take those those looks, but they just got hot, and there's nothing you can do about that if the guy decides he wants to hit a shot he hasn't hit all season, you know? Speaking of that, I just got traded to the fucking Rangers on MLB The Show. Hey, welcome to welcome to Arlington, bud. Ah, poor Rugi got cut. Oh, well. He wasn't yeah, very good. We, we have to look to other sports to entertain ourselves because but, this game was just straight up bad. So yeah. what, you're, what you're saying, though, is... What you believed would be their Achilles heel, in fact, turned out to be one of their greatest strengths of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's a proverb about that. There should be. But maybe they'll just, in future years, thousands of generations (laughs) later, they'll reference this game as the example of... This obscure NIT game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it was... It was on one of the ESPNs, so it's immortalized forever. Number eight, the Ocho. I mean, that said, Tech did keep it close-ish. I mean, it was an 11-point game in the second half. That's not ideal. But, I mean, to have Mississippi State shooting at 1.69%, 
and they ended the night at 56%. To keep it an 11-point game in the second half is pretty impressive from the Bulldogs of Tech. I forget, there's two teams called the Bulldogs. <laughs> We're the real Bulldogs. Apparently not lost. on whichever yeah, night this was. Never against Mississippi State. We are never the Bulldogs when we play them. I mean, one guy was the Bulldog, though, Junior Lofton. Uh, we'll talk about him a lot in this game yes. and Colorado State coming up. Sexually. Lofton... <laughs> Uh, we'll see how late we go. Lofton <laughs> played like he deserved to be on the other on the other bench because he trades jerseys at halftime. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's almost the same because the color guy was it this game or was it the previous game where they said this that game. Oh, this is why he's not an SEC player right. or whatever, and then oh, Lofton ex- just straight up dunked on the commentator. That that it, like, like he brought the commentator out and dunked on him. Yep. <laughs> metaphorically and probably literally after the tournament was over yes so that explains the tweet and response that i saw on twitter recently from said commentator yeah so so basically lofton was the only bright spot for tech in this entire game and uh this this color guy friend for or whatever his name is if that is your real name he uh he was talking about how lofton is he's a good player but he's not good enough to hang with the with the big boys. So like that's why that's he's not losing an attack. Was the implication of what he that's was such saying? A, such a the douchey thing to say, right? And it was like he said this as Lofton, and I shit you not, he he stole. So Tech hits a bucket. Lofton steals the inbound pass and gets fouled as he goes up to shoot uh, to like put the put the steal in the basket. And that's when he decides to say that. Like this is why this kid is not good enough to be in the SEC. And it's like. What did you want him to do on that possession? He just got a steal, which, by the way, he tied for first in steals in the uh, in the tournament. So, like, what? what as a you... five? Wait, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> wait a second. Pretty yeah, ridiculous. as a guy who's not normally a, a, he's not he's not fucking Speedy Smith out there, you know? Like, I I don't know. It was just like bizarre. The timing of it was was especially strange. And Lofton, by the way, ends this game where Tech scores 62 points. He scores 20 and has 10 rebounds. So that's... That is very good. Three assists and three blocks and four steals as well. So, like, what the fuck did you want from him? Uh, Maybe you wanted what you got to see the next day, but... I don't know. Commentators are dumb. Let's keep it moving. That prompted Lofton yeah. to uh, to tweet the disrespect after the game, and of course he was great too in the in the post game. You know, he just said, "Look, I just want to win the game. I don't care. Like, I wanted I wanted to play for a championship tomorrow, and now we don't get to. So, like, I don't care what that dude said. Like, I don't care. But uh, he came out the next game like a man possessed. So. Yeah, I mean, you say, what more do you want from him? I mean, I would personally love another 24 points because then we'd have the win, but he's not the only guy on the court, and he's not the one that should be picking up the slack. 50 points? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I want from him. It's not what I'm expecting from him. But just like this wasn't a great game to watch as a Tech fan, it just wasn't a great game at all. Uh, Ken Palm has a metric called excitement, which it tries to rank how exciting each of the games are. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. In terms of like how close they are and lead changes and stuff like that, this game of the season is the 2,471st (laughs) most exciting game of the year. Do you have any idea how many games are in there? I, I have no idea, but that has to be up there. I bring that up only there. to compare it to the next game, the consolation third place game in the NIT against Colorado State. 
This one is ranked number 199th of this basketball season. A cool, top okay. 200 exciting game against Colorado State that ends in a 76-74 to 74 win and has quite the theatrics down the wire at the end. This game it was exciting. We just talked about Junior Lofton, and we have to talk about him again here. Just kind of takes over, especially in the second half. And I, I wanted 24 more points from him against Mississippi State, but he probably could have scored another 24 points against Colorado State if he just didn't put him on the bench when he needed, yeah. when he needed a timeout. I mean, Colorado State had no answer for him, and, and the announcers were even talking about it. was the same announcers. They were even talking about how you know the coaching staff of Colorado State during one of the timeouts was like, what do we – like what are we allowed to do to him? Because they kept they kept calling fouls on uh on Colorado State trying to defend him, and I mean to be honest, there was nothing they could have done. Like he he was just dominant, and it was so fun to see that, and like so promising for next year. And so when when people say like oh why is there a consolation game like what this doesn't matter and all this stuff like. Kenneth Lofton has to be so confident going into this offseason after performing like that in the last two games of this tournament. That's all I'm going to say about that. And on ESPN. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into the game real quick. Uh, Tech never led against Mississippi State, and they didn't lead in the first half here either against Colorado State. But they did stay in the game. Again, staying within that 10-11 point range like they did against the Maroon Bulldogs. They were in this game pretty much at the same level. But... They also felt like this game was more comebackable until about 10 minutes left in the second half. And that's when it really felt like this one was over. Uh, with 13 left, Tech had finally tied it at 51. But then the Rams of Colorado State go on a 13-2 run. So with nine minutes left, they're up 11, 64-53. And looking at the Ken Palm charts, and I'm not joking here, Tech's win probability is 6.9%. Nice. And then what I can only describe as a nice miracle happens. Tech goes on a 14-0 run to take a three-point lead, 67-64 with five minutes left. And the commentator said several times as if to almost kind of stab you in the back with it, it was Tech's (laughs) first lead of the weekend. Oh, brother. Why does everyone hate us? That turnaround, though, Nathan, just to say real, real quick, I mean, there were, I think, three straight steals by Tech's defense, Crawford got in on on it. I think Kobe had one, and Lofton had one. Um, I'm not seeing that on the play by play here, but I noted I made a mental note of that at the time. Like that's three straight times they've come down, and Tech has just totally shut them down. Like said, nope, you're not even going to take a shot. We're just going to go the other way. Now, was Crawford's pass shot in that 14 and 0 run? Um, it was somewhere in here. Greatest play of the night. He was trying. He was trying to pass over the top to get it to Lofton in the paint and just just it was an awful pass but it went I mean just straight nothing but net like a beautiful shot but that was one of the weirder things I've seen yeah win a horse tournament with it (laughs) okay yeah so jumping back into it here it's back and forth in those final five minutes I'm kind of making a time leap here but 28 seconds left tech is up by two Ledoux is fouled tech is still in the single bonus so he goes to the line for a one and one if he makes both of these shots, Tech is in a pretty good spot. 28 seconds left. They would be up four. That's not game over yet, but it's pretty close, except he misses the first. Mm-hmm. So Tech is only up two. 25 seconds left. Colorado State drives down the court and puts up a layup. Tying up the game at, was that, 74? 
Coming back down the other side of the court. Tech has the ball. Calls timeout. Draws up a play. We know who's getting the ball. Everybody in the building knows who's getting the ball. The commentators, the team, Colorado State, the officials, the people running the concessions that they're running the concessions <laughs> at this game. They know. Everyone in this building knows who's getting the ball. And what do you know? Lofton gets the ball. There are four white jerseys around him. He still finds a way to put up a shot with one second left. Hits the game winner to go up 76-74. I mean, around four dudes and like oh, yeah, he was getting hacked the whole way they just they were gonna let him play which i'm fine with right on the last possession i'm fine unless with that. He, unless he misses it right then i want the foul 100 <laughs> percent of the time yes you're right matt sorry um, baylor women's basketball yeah <laughs> sorry kim mulkey um but oh god but you know like if conkle had drawn up that play to specifically get four guys to cover lofton in the lane <laughs> and have him kick it out to somebody else you know, you can't fault him for drawing up that play if that's what he wanted to do. But he told Lofton, and and Lofton said this after the game, he said, Junior, I'm going to give you the ball with seven seconds left, and you're going to go score. And he did. You know, like that's that's just the kind of game he was having, and you're not going to give it to somebody else to make a wide-open look because, no, Lofton can make that shot on that afternoon with four guys draped all over him, right? It's just that's the way he played. I'm trying to imagine Conkle in the huddle saying, okay, guys, we're going to have four defenders all over Lofton, but I guess it's not too unrealistic. <laughs> it's what happened. It wasn't the first time that it happened either on the night. When Lofton's driving, they were giving him everything they had, even if it meant quadruple teaming him. <laughs> Some of their guys were catching elbows because they were getting too close to him, and they were getting called for fouls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was that was great. I didn't know about the uh, what they call that the cylinder rule. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, the post player is allowed to make a move towards the bucket. I believe. I don't. There's a yeah, there, there, there's a better to, wordage than that. But they're allowed to make a basketball move, right? So if you get too close to them and you stop them from being able to pivot or something, like then the fact that you catch Kenneth Lofton Jr.'s elbow <laughs> to your mouth means it's a foul on you, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, really adding insult to injury. But yeah. yeah, so one more thing to talk about in this game before we just straight up talk about Kenny Lofton for a bit. The full court shot to end the game, it may or may not have had, there was 0.3 seconds left when Colorado State inbounded the ball. It was, it hit iron from across the court. That was so close yeah, it, to going in. It was the I, Iona shot, um, except yeah. this one wouldn't have counted if they had to review it, I think, if it went in. Um, whereas the Iona shot was definitely still with time on the clock, so... Um, but it, it, it rimmed out like he hit and this was three quarter court. Like it was, it was very close. I own a shot goes in. We lose, I lose 10 years off my life. Yeah. Oh, Matt well. Just spontaneously combust in the, in the back. <laughs> Picture well, more of an infinity war kind of fade to dust, but <laughs> Mike white, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Mike White, please. That got me. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to say about the last play. Lofton, uh, and I've gone back and watched it quite a few times. Uh, it was all over Twitter. He looks so nimble. He was like head faking and juking guys and it was ridiculous how he got that shot off. It looked like it, it's something that had I been tasked with doing that, I would have blown both Achilles, my knees and armpit trying to do it and he just it made it look effortless it was it was pretty incredible yeah, to watch and and so we've already and i've already edited out a long dispute about talking about his weight but this is why i 
I think his the size and his weight is such a a plus here because he's able to be that nimble and be he looks like Boston Scott on the bo- basketball court except he's six foot seven and and two whatever he's he's big yeah. and nimble and that's a scary combination and you know it's funny because all these all these other like people that we've played teams that we've played their fans will be like oh well get him in a good conditioning program and gosh imagine how good he'll be the dude averaged a fucking double double in this tournament like <laughs> what do you mean that, but that's the difficult thing his weight will be a problem if he's trying to go pro because you have to be conditioned for 82 games in the playoffs. So if you were to drop the weight and gain muscle instead, I still think that he would be extremely excellent. Yeah, I mean, but I he's know, already extremely excellent. Is is I guess our point is like, why are you focused on that when like you could just enjoy watching him play the four game tournament? You know, it's amazing how these announcers like they start the game talking about his weight and like kind of laughing about it, but then by the end they're like, I can't wait to watch this kid play more, right? And it's like. If you had watched any tape or if you had done your homework, you would have already known that coming in and been like, this is the guy to watch on the team. Yeah, but that's the whole point, though. Everyone wants to focus on that because it's the easy thing to focus on. But nonetheless, it shouldn't take away from what he accomplished. He was terrific in the tournament. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't. And and it's pretty obvious that he was named to the all-tournament team for the NIT. Uh, Evan, you want to run down those those numbers that you have there on the sheet? Yeah, so four games across the NIT for Lofton. He's he had 20 points per game, shot 58.8% from the field, and had 10 steals. Those are all first place among players in the tournament. Now, only four teams play four games, right? But those are those are average as well. Then he also put up seven blocks, which is second, and 9.3 rebounds per game, which is second. Really good. Um so it's yeah, excellent so, stats. So, you know, this this announcer guy, especially, that kind of caught the ire of even Lofton himself, right? It was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, why are you choosing him to pick on when he's literally the best player in this tournament right now? Well, almost uh, the best. I mean, he, he scored the most points and had the highest field goal percentage and had the most steals, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, but he was, I wouldn't say he was the best. But... Who, would, who would you say is the best then? Well, he wasn't first in rebounds and the other thing. <laughs> I'm just saying he wasn't. So uh, the craziest thing to, I mean, obviously he played lights out the entire time. He's, he hasn't been a guy who gets a lot of steals and he got 10 steals in this tournament. Most of those came in the last three games in this past weekend. And he had that steal and dunk against Western Kentucky, which we didn't even mention earlier because that happened so long ago that Lofton has like outshined himself. But that was crazy. Does anybody want to want to talk about that real fast? There are so many highlights playing in my head. I can't ever remember that one in this moment. So so with 57 seconds left, Tech is up 66 to 60. And Western Kentucky's getting into the end game where they're trying to foul. And Crawford misses a free throw. Western comes down and tries to pass to Bassey to shoot a three. But Lofton steals it and then runs and dunks it in transition. Right. Yeah. And we, we had already pretty much won that game by that point. I think it was, you know, we were feeling pretty confident about it. There's still a minute left, but that play had me like jumping around the living room. Like, God, what is like, just look your boy. Look what your boy did. Like it's her son. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Since like career high games uh, were against Mississippi of the season. Lofton uh, freshman of the year in CUSA. Yes. Huh. By a landslide. I think, yeah. I don't think there was anybody else that even. It, it I mean, may have been unanimous. <laughs> 
Unanimous. Unanimous. Anemone. Anemone. So our offense without Kobe at the point, and it worked, except against Mississippi State when it didn't work. So I wish that we would have figured that out because we we lost to North Texas by six points, right? Yeah. And only scored 48. We we scored almost 40 in, in the first half against Western Kentucky and Colorado State. So yeah, we're talking about going forward, how exciting the team could be, and it will be. Uh, Lofton's got a lot of game left to play. Uh, but can we really see ourselves competing against a Mississippi State or whoever next year? I mean, I think so. I we'll have to see the the holes that we plug, especially with sure. so many seniors leaving this yeah. team. And we'll Who talk about we? this over the off season too. Yeah. Uh, we'll kind of go in more depth. We may do a a season review and forecast in the off season kind of thing. That sounds good. But while we preview a team that we might be excited about for the future, we have one still on campus going on right now, and that's the baseball team. Hey, baseball! We, Nationally ranked the whole reason Matt's even still tuned into the show. First up, though, they had to play ULM before heading to Southern Miss. And, and they didn't go straight to hell for saying that they weren't going to beat ULM. It was scary, though. It I was. thought I was going to be right, unfortunately, throughout some of the later innings. Uh, Tech jumped out to a 3-0 run after the second inning, but then ULM heats up in the middle innings. They take a 7-6 lead going into the seventh inning stretch. But the Bulldogs answer right back in that bottom of the seventh, scoring three, taking the 9-7 to lead that ends up prevailing. Thanks to the bullpen. The bullpen saved this game out. Words it's we never thought would be scary thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a beautiful thing to behold. It was, except the fact that you had to watch the game. And if you were watching it, <laughs> ULM was wearing bright yellow uniforms that were... I thought they were attractive. Courtney would disagree with you. I love the color yellow. It's the color of our house. It's a great Coldplay song. Well, no one said it was easy, but it wasn't. I, I have nothing. I'm too tired for this. Yeah, they so Tech wins this game. yellow. Thank you, Josh. Uh, Kid Gibson gets the start here, but it doesn't last long. He only pitches three innings. He comes back on the weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Tech kind of went through their whole bullpen. We had was a six pitchers pitch in this game. And things got dicey at times. And I mean, when you give up seven runs, that's not ideal, but it's seven runs on 14 hits. So there's a bit of luck involved too. Yeah. I I think for the record, Gibson was always going to be the starter for the second Saturday game. So he had a firm inning or pitch count. And I mean, he pitched lights out. So if he had gone this whole way, I don't think this ends up as a nine to seven game, but um, yeah, he was always going to get pulled probably around that 40 or maybe, maybe 50 max. I think, I I don't know how recovery works, but he was not going to pitch a complete game, no matter how well he was pitching on Tuesday. Yeah. And maybe he should have, well, we won the game, so I'll take the the (laughs) results that we got, but Tanner Knight comes in in the fourth inning and immediately gives up an earned run and three hits and only recording one out and things get, a little dicey there through Nick Ellis and Greg Martinez, but then Tyler Fallis and Kyle Griffin come in and close the game out in the final two innings. Don't want to spend too long on this game because we have four Southern Miss games to talk about. Most but of it feels well. nice to sweep ULM in a year that they were looking to actually be above their normal average when it comes to baseball. I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, to Taylor Young in this game. He not only had the game winning RBIs in the eighth or seventh, excuse me, he batted three for four with three RBIs and two doubles. So um, great, great game from Young. You know, it's good to see those kind of game-winning hits spread around a little bit, which we'll talk about for the weekend series. Yeah, and the weekend series is what's something we need to talk a lot about because there was a lot of excitement 
every except game that, felt like there was ex- a different baseball ex- except experience. That one time. Except that yeah. one time. We'll, we just will skip right over the second game of this series, the Saturday early game. But first is Friday night, and our Friday night starter, Jonathan Fincher, heads to the mound and has a pretty good game. Seven and one-thirds innings, only gives up two earned runs on seven hits. I mean, it's not as great as his not last great, game. But, but not bad. Not bad. I'll take that, um, mm. especially against a team like Southern Miss that as proven in the Saturday early game, has an offense that can score a lot of runs. This game, though, Tech has a monster seventh inning. They win this game three to two. They score all three runs in that seventh inning. And Southern Miss plates one in the fourth inning and one in the eighth inning. That eighth inning, I remember being a little little scared because they they were kind of coming back from, from what looked like a... A tech win again. Every time the bullpen comes out, I'm I'm nervous. Oh God! We have yeah. some great pitchers, but we also have some guys that are only great every other night. Yeah, and and a lot of guys in that bullpen just haven't found their stuff yet this year. You know, just... I, I but you know what? As soon as they do, and by God, I hope it's this season. They somehow turn around and become Murderers Row, and uh, we and ex- <laughs> it, well, that doesn't make sense because Murderers Row is hitters. But they turn around and all of a sudden have one of the best end of season performances, because that's the only thing. I mean, I mean, the team is so good already. If they do that, we are a legitimate contender for the national championship, like straight up. I mean, absolutely. Cause the pitchers are already excellent. That and right now we're missing some key hitters too. Like Metulius, I guess he played a little bit, but he didn't play the full series. Right. Nathan. Yeah. He was, uh, he pinched hit, I believe. I don't think he started. Corona's still out. Corona's a better hitter than Hasler is. I think. My boy Corona. Yeah. So, so I mean, like we're still missing some batters and we've just finished up a killer run that we won most of the games, you know? So like what this team can be is it's scary, frankly, like for the rest of the league, for the rest of CUSA, especially since we're playing almost exclusively league games for the rest of the year. But like, man, like this team could host a regional easily at this point if, if we continue on this tear. And obviously baseball's weird. Nathan, jump in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I'm about to jump into, though, it's less about baseball being weird and how much we have to do still and how many games we have to win to get that. I mean, that that goes without saying. But for right now, we've talked a lot in the past couple of years of doing this show and doing the blog and doing the Twitter. if, If this team could be like this or if this one game was how this team played in the future, this baseball team, even how they are right now. This yeah. is a regional, maybe not hosting a regional, but a two seed team uh, with with the ceiling of hosting a, a super regional. Oh man! Which imagine that happening? Good lord! I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But the most attainable thing to me right now is winning the CUSA championship. I mean, that's that's kind of where you need to start. I mean, yeah, it's fun to think about a super regional or whatever. But uh, do we have a conference tournament for baseball? Yes. Yeah, it's at Tech this year. Oh. See, right? but that's that a, is right, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it's a double elimination tournament too. See, that's the thing that I hate because in the you know in the majors or well only in the majors because that's the highest level of baseball. But there are no, you know there's no division championship. You just you just win it. I mean I guess there's a con- I mean I guess no there's not even conference championships. You just make it. Well there is a conference championship the NL and the AL but. What I mean is, I just wish it was based off like division record. I hate that we have because we don't do well in conference tournaments. Well, but do not, this no. team doesn't necessarily have to win the conference tournament unless we. I mean, if we fall off, a I want to win it. Season here, 
I, I mean, we'll still be making like at this point with the March that we just had, as long as we're don't, we don't fall off a cliff in April and May, like well, we'll, we'll be done. in the, we'll be in the playoff. It's just, you know, yeah. Oh, we know, made man. we made we made the Starkville Regional a few years ago as an at large and as a three seed, and got very close to advancing to the Super Regional round. And that, uh, yeah, I I do agree with you, and especially when it comes to tournament play, oh, yeah. bullpen becomes even more important because you're playing more games under a shorter amount of time against the top of the top of the. the you're, you're not playing yeah. a four game series against. Uh, we'll talk about UAB in a second, but they don't have the best offense in the conference. I'm not as worried about the bullpen pitching this week as I am about the bats just warming up and playing like they will. But again, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, yeah this. Let's, but, let's cover the. Let's. I mean. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. We're, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I focusing to wrap it back up. We're focusing on this team right now, and this team right now is very good, yeah. as evidenced by the number by our name. I mean, this is this is the closest any team that I've like, I guess since. No, not even not even 2012 football before we dropped no. the last two games. Like, yeah. in terms this of being an actual hype. national contender, right? Because that it. football team was was great and so fun to watch. But it was never like, oh, we're gonna win. Like, we we could potentially make the national yeah, championship, no. right? Whereas no. this team, it's like there's a shot that we could make it to Omaha, right? And that's like the first time any tech team I've ever followed has had that that feel to it, right? Now Omaha is a long way away, like you're saying, Nathan. But it's like, only like three hours <laughs> from you. Hey, man, I I'm overjoyed because I Blake just have June a is a long way away. It is. I just have a feeling, a feeling deep inside that I cannot hide. This is a big brain reference. Anyway, is it also JFK? No, Nathan. That the, <laughs> that link that that Lincoln has sailed. Uh, I just wanted to say there's there's a real good feeling around the team. I just why not yeah. think that they can't that they uh they can make it to Omaha? And I'll tell you do, why. I'll tell you oh why. God. Not Saturday like morning. Saturday at two oh one PM in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh that's when the game starts. Uh it two is. hours and fifty minutes later, Tech loses fourteen to six after seven innings. Yeah. Fourteen to five. I guess. I mean, you're not gonna win every game. It's baseball. Say oh. la vie. But it still it kind of hampers your spirit a little bit when you lose by that much. Well, sure, I get. I mean, an eight run loss sucks, but they went three and one in the series and won the series against. A team but we didn't know that to to take yeah. this game in its in its place. We won the first one. We lost the second sure. one. We're going into a double header immediately following this game. It just felt like okay, no, we won the first one. We won it by one. We were very lucky. Okay, now we're going to drop it. And that's not what happened. And that's why I don't want to spend very much time on the second game. Uh, I don't know, if, Evan, if you have much much to talk about in terms of player performances. No, I, I mean, the only thing I wanted to mention, too, was like like you just said, the first game was very close. Southern Miss had runners on second and third, and I believe they're uh, in, the, in the bottom of the ninth. And I believe they had the top of their lineup. Yeah, they, they were at the top of their lineup. So, I mean, that one, you know, with our bullpen problems, like, that felt like a like we stole one there um, to get out of that inning without giving up another run or, or another couple runs because even a single might have scored both of those um, runners to let USM win the game. But luckily, that was, that was Friday, right? Yeah, that's Friday night. Yeah. So then Saturday, like you're saying, we come in and we just get blasted. And Southern Miss, their problem, if you if you read any of their fans' takes, 
their problem so far this year has been that their bats have not been as good as they want them to be. And then to have that team come out and, and blast you for 14 runs in a seven-inning game where they only bat six times because they don't need the bottom of the seventh, that's, uh, that's it's not a great feeling. And, and you know, going into that third game, the, the second game of that Saturday doubleheader, I'm kind of thinking, man, like, if this game gets ugly, like, this whole our, – our, like, bravado and our confidence and our national ranking could, like, be questioned, right, if we lose that game, like – you know, 12 to three or something, right? We're, we're, we're dropping out of the rankings where, you know, we stole one against Arkansas and Ole Miss and that's the story of our season, right? I'm, I'm like going deep pessimist here. Well, and, uh, and who can blame you with how the basketball team was doing on Saturday as well against yeah, Mississippi yeah, State. That's, that's true too. Both of those things, the 14 to six game and the loss to Mississippi State happened at the same time. So talk about it. It's not a good day. It was not a good day, but it ended pretty well for the baseball team again, I guess. Uh, Cade Gibson, who we talked about in that ULM game, he came in and pitched a full one here. It's only seven innings, but it still counts for a complete game shutout. Tech wins 4 nothing, thanks to two runs in the third and also a two-run home run in the fifth. Yep, and uh, Gibson holds them to three hits as well. So Pretty good. And only one walk as well and a hit-by-pitch. Yeah, I mean, again, it's seven innings. It's hard to say complete game shutout with a straight face when you're kind of holding off two innings from what is a normal baseball game. But either way, even if it's even if like we pitched two more and he gave up a run or whatever, still, Cade Gibson a hell of a performance on Saturday night. Oh yeah, for sure. And and yeah, to turn around like. <laughs> I, I was playing disc golf during that second game, uh, so I was like away from my phone, and I got back to the car thinking like, oh, it's going to be like the fourth inning, because the first game took forever, even though it was a seven-inning game. This game was literally over in the two hours I played disc golf, because Cade Gibson just pitched lights out the whole time. So, I mean... Yeah, officially uh, two hours and two minutes. The first game was two hours yeah. and 50 minutes. If only, If only every baseball game was two hours. That's what Manfred's trying to do. I know he is. Uh, either way, yeah. I mean, this game, this game was much more exciting. Duh, Tech won it. It's much more exciting. But I'm just surprised the way momentum works in baseball. You'd think that, like, when it inside a game, if a team heats up, their bats start hitting better. They start scoring runs, and that carries over to the next inning and the inning after that a lot of times. And so to see in the last three innings of the first game here, Southern Miss scored three, five, and two runs. And then take a small break, come back out, and not score any in seven innings. Yeah, Kid Gibson gets even more credit than he deserves for this, for shutting down what was already a hot Southern Miss batting situation going into the second game. Yeah. But we have one more game to talk about, and that's the game that Probably has the most to say about it. I think it's the longest of the weekend, two, three and a half hours. Luckily, this wasn't one of the doubleheader games. Tech wins this one eight to seven after runs are scored, including by both teams here, and six of the nine innings. Nice. Nice, but also just long. Like, if you score all 17 runs in a couple of these innings, where just both teams have monster innings, then the game's much shorter. But to kind of stretch it out over all those six innings is quite a bit. But this one I did want to jump through very quickly because it's back and forth in a way that baseball sometimes isn't. Southern Miss scores two in the first, but also leaves the bases loaded. Worf was struggling to find the strike zone. I was listening to Nitz call this one, and it just felt like he 
he had his movement on his pitches. He just couldn't find the strike zone throwing the ball in there. And the Eagles add two more in the second, so it's 4 nothing now, but they also leave two men on. So they scored four runs and left five men on base. So it really feels like Tech is lucky to only be down 4 nothing. Yeah. And having already at least had the series split in the books, I'm no, just thinking I'm okay with two wins. At this point, eh, like it sucks, but two wins against Southern Miss, that's on the road. Yeah, on yeah, the road. I'll take, I'm, it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't, I'd be somewhere between I'm t- I'll take it and I'm happy with it. But the game's not over. Tech finally scores one in the third, but Wells gets caught in a pickle between second and third. So that gets the final out of that third inning and kind of ends Tech's kind of scoring streak. It just, again, felt like things weren't going the Bulldogs' way. It's 4 1 after three. No scoring through the fourth and the fifth inning, but in the sixth, Tech ties it up. Thanks to the last two runs are scored, thanks to fielder's choices. Good old small ball baseball right there. Uh, the Bulldogs score three more runs in the next inning to go up 7-4, to four, but in the bottom of that same inning, which I believe is the seventh, Southern Miss ties it right back up at 7-7. Seven to seven. And in very tech fashion, the winning run comes in the eighth inning to make this 8-7, to seven, and it starts with a hit by pitch. Alex Ray reaches on that hit by pitch, Young singles to move him to second, and then Bates singles, and that scores Ray from second, and that ends up being the winning run. Good stuff. <laughs> that's But that's the thing about this team. It just seems like every time they're going to lose, they somehow don't lose. Having in baseball with both the Cubs in 2016 and the Nats in 2019, it's not college baseball, but still, it felt like there was some sort of magic quality that's to what the team. I mean. it just, like, it it just got, felt like... Got a feeling. There's something like you can never count them out, There's, not just because it's baseball, but just because it's this team. Well, the Nats thing was extra spectacular because of like at the at like the All Star break, weren't they like sub 500? Yeah, they were 19 and 31 to start the season and they yeah, won the whole thing. But insane. also, just they came back down six in the bottom of the ninth against the Mets. I can talk about the Nats for a while, but <laughs> it, it just felt like you never know. Like this team, there's just some magic quality. Some ma- there's something here. That's what I mean. There have been tech teams in the past, like the ones that made the the regionals, made the Starkville regional, that they were good. I didn't feel that magic from them. And it's early, but this game feels like one of those, there's something here kind of things. And really just, I mean, the whole weekend, like Southern Miss kind of found their bats for really the first time, it sounds like, this season. But tech was able to match that energy. And like we've, we've had games the past couple weeks where our pitching has just, our starting pitching specifically has just completely shut down other teams. And we've won like, you know, well, I guess we beat Ole Miss 13 to one, but you know, that was fun. We, we've won so, like we beat Arkansas <laughs> two to nothing or whatever. And we, and that we was beat, a hell of a game. We beat Tulane like two to nothing and four to nothing. Right. So, but we were able to come out and beat Southern Miss eight to seven. And we really haven't seen a game like that, that I can recall from this season. And so I, I completely agree, Nathan, like this team is fun to watch because you feel like they're going to win. You just don't know how, right? So you're like, are we going to come out and pitch a complete game shutout? Or are we going to, you know, find some eighth inning, you know, three run home run or something like that? Like it, it's all possible with this team. Yeah, and they're not going to win every game. Hopefully they win. They're going to win every game. Yeah, I'm they're going to win every game. single game. <laughs> they're going to win the not nine. being the optimist here. But... They're going to go all the way to the Natty title and sweep it 
and we're going to be there. Yeah, we're going to. If they go, like I'm, I, I, I will be at that game. I don't care you, if, what I have to give up. I will all, be at that game. In all seriousness, if they make it to the national title, would you guys go to Omaha? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would have been there for a month. <laughs> well, you guys, I mean, you feel free to stay at my house. We can just make the drive up. Yep, yeah, and you're saying that on the record, so be yeah, prepared no for them. I got I have plenty of room. All right. So uh, Omaha is June 18th through the 29th slash 30th. Just I'm here. Already forgotten because it feels like a jinx to even know what the dates are. Okay. Uh, but one more thought about baseball, though. I think, Evan, you want to deliver it, but it's just about these past few teams that we've played. Yeah, so a couple, couple thoughts here. First of all, Steel Netterville was named the conference hitter of the week. Excellent. Yeah, against Southern Miss, he went 6-for-16, six scored five runs, seven RBIs, a double, two home runs. Um, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, uh, also worth noting, Parker Bates was 6-for-13 with four runs and three RBIs, two triples <laughs> as well. So Is he that uh, fast? Yeah. Or is he just hitting and, the ball in the right part? And he field? loves to hit the ball down the line. <laughs> yeah, column A, column B. Yeah. So, uh, well, those um, are my favorites. Yeah, but but the other thing I wanted to mention was we just made it through a, a gauntlet. I mean, three games against Arkansas, a game against Ole Miss, both of those top five programs at the time we played them anyway. Arkansas well, still Arkansas, two. Arkansas has been struggling recently. No, they just swept Mississippi State, which was another top five team. So well, that's they, great, but they have they've lost like five or six games now. They've, they've lost. They had a slump. They had a slump. They lost, they they've lost three games. They're not bad. They're good. Where where am I getting this information from? <laughs> um, they're they're number two in the nation. They're they're very very good. Yeah, um, Arkansas's RPI one? is still number one. Their strength of schedule is number three. Is Florida number one? Vandy. Oh, Vandy must be really good. Yeah, Arkansas fans are not happy about that, but we're not an Arkansas podcast. So anyway, at Tulane, two games against a, a pretty good and scrappy ULM team, and then at USM, and we went 10-3 and three in that run. I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> I will absolutely take it. Yeah. We played the number one team, the number four team, at Tulane, a baseball power, not necessarily this year, but, you know, and at the at the team who's picked to win our conference, and we went 10-3. and three. Yeah, I will take, take that. I will take it. Yep. I will I take no that at any point. <laughs> you tell me this before. Any 13-game stretch going 10-3 and three in baseball is pretty good. Yeah. Right? Like, Absolutely. But that, yeah, if you had told us that on, like, March 6th, we'd be like, shit, dude, I'd take, I'd take seven, and, 7 and 6 with that, right? No. <laughs> I mean, the hard part for me is just, you, you tell me that before Greg Goff is hired in 2015, that we we pull that stretch in baseball. I don't think I believe you. I, I, I just straight up don't believe you there. Um, yeah. One other thing that I think I may not believe is that our bowling team is as good as it is. Evan, <laughs> you want to fill us in on that? Yeah, so they're number six in the nation. I don't have like a lot of details. I did watch one of their games on Sunday morning before the baseball game started. I think they won, but the screen was pretty grainy. So I think they just stream it from their phone. But anyway... Um, they finished third at a tournament in Oklahoma that had most of the top teams there, so that's pretty good. And they'll be in the NCAA championship tournament in early April in Kansas City. So Matt may have to go out and uh, and support the, the bowling texters. It is close to the public. Oh, well, damn. Time to get a job at the bowling alley. Also worth noting, they do a lot of really fun cheers when they get strikes and stuff. Like like they they uh, whenever there's a strike, they go whoop. 
how about them dogs? And it's like, okay, I can get behind this. And yeah, so anyway, then in other Texters news, the softball team actually won their series against Tulsa two games to one. They now stand at nine and 13 overall, uh, I think getting ready for conference play. So hopefully they can pick it up a little bit. What sucks about this though, is I always complain that nothing LaTeX related athletically happens in Kansas City. And then for once, something finally does and COVID happens. Yep. She just go outside the bowling alley with a big ass like Louisiana Tech flag or blanket or something and just like wave it around like a fucking crazy person. There's really a window somewhere. <laughs> well, what sucks is it's walking distance from my office. It's right oh. around the corner from my office. It's like one block away. Oof. So it's not like it's not. It just sucks. <laughs> I wish that there was a major university in Kansas City that La Tech could play at any sport, but. Uh, I mean, I guess they could play uh, UMKC in basketball, right? Uh, the women's basketball played each other a few years ago, but my darling wife did not want to go to the game. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of tech sports teams playing teams in the Kansas City metro area, Thank as you. referenced by the Jayhawks. So um, does well, that count as the KC metro area? It's like no, it's 45 miles away. That's like, it's like an hour away, <laughs> whatever. Oh. Yeah, maybe we'll play uh, home and home with Mizzou at some point when we fuck Mizzou. Speaking of fucking teams, let's fuck UAB this weekend. <laughs> okay, that one plays in. Wow, making tired of recording here. All right, <laughs> crazy man. Yeah, one more thing to preview. That's UAB, and we play four games because of Easter this weekend. They are Thursday through Saturday with a doubleheader coming Friday. It's, it's already a weird conference thing, and we're already throwing a curveball the second weekend in. UAB no is, pun intended. Oh, hey, yeah. Actually, literally no pun intended. I didn't even notice it until you pointed it out. Thank you. UAB is not the best team that Tech will face this year. So we will be swept. They are 9-13 and 13 on the year, 2-2 two and two in conference after splitting their series against Middle Tennessee, only winning the doubleheader game. No, they moved the doubleheader to Friday. So they won the late Friday game and the Saturday game. They don't have that much of a convincing win on their schedule. They did beat... Indiana State, which is an RPI 6 team, but they only won one of those three games. But Indiana State, RPI is kind of tricky early on in the year where Tech is ranked number seven in RPI, by the way. So who really knows? Outside of that, they also lost to Auburn. They lost to Samford, uh, who's ranked number 91. So they don't have a great track record against teams that are Bulldogs. Can't wait to be swept. Indiana yeah. State's out kind of join the conference usa apparently they played fiu fau and uab so oh uh, yeah uh including two wins against fau who was picked i think second or third in the conference depending who you ask they also beat number six in the nation tennessee twice in their opening uh or second series of the year so they're they're not bad but uh, do we have anything specific we should look out for with this uab baseball team nathan any players that stand out or anything yeah, so the Blazers, when it comes to their batters, Jess Davis is probably their best hitter. His OPS is 921 on the year. We're it's getting to Jess. The point. Yeah, Did you say that. Jess Davis or Jeff That's Davis? Jess. J-E-S-S is what I have it's in front Jess. of me. Uh, Who's that girl? I'm, it's glad, I'm glad that it's Jess and not Jeff because I was going to have to talk about yeah. Verena Davis get yelled at by that random guy on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, we can avoid some Confederacy talk right now. And uh, uh, after who's that who's that batter? It's Jess. We have Chandler. 
So we'll keep with the sitcom route. Well, uh, Ch- Chandler Sim- Simpson. So that's two different TV wow. shows. <laughs> He's their second best hitter. OPS of 912. This guy is probably their best walk taker on the team. 32% of the time he steps up to the plate, he gets a walk or a hit by pitch, which is pretty ideal if you're him. But he's also not a home run hitter. He has yet to hit a home run on the season. Their best home run hitter on the year so far is Caleb Floyd. 18% of the time he gets a hit, it's a home run. His OPS is 855. (laughs) So he's their third best overall batter. Uh, He also just doesn't take walks, by the way. Caleb Floyd, 6%. Um, That's... He's, he, just, he just, he's just swinging. <laughs> he only takes walks if you make him. Uh, when we go to the starting pitcher, though, Austin Bohannon is their best pitcher. I'm reading these names as I'm saying them out loud. For the first time ever? Yes. ERA of 1.69. Nice. That, that is actually a very nice ERA. Yeah. Him and the next guy, Riley Davis, have very similar numbers when it comes to a lot of things. Riley Davis's ERA is 1.95. Both of them, when they allow a hit, only 6% of the time it's a home run, which is low. Very low. Yes. Uh, to kind of compare to tech pitching, uh, Fincher's 8% home run. Cade Gibson is 7% home run. Jarrett Worf is 5% home run. Uh, get next, Worf, bitch. Yeah, he had to get it in there. But after that, there's a pretty steep drop-off after those two guys. Tyler O'Claire has an ERA of 4.62, and he's their third best starter. So that's not ideal not, if you're UAB. Not great. Uh, just a couple real quick relief guys to know. Brady Green and Matthew Reed have the lowest ERAs, both of sub-under, sub-and-under mean the same thing, both sub-two ERAs. <laughs> Uh, but they don't get put in a lot. They both have 10 innings pitched combined. Uh, Evan Ingram has been a guy they go to a lot. He has 13.1 innings pitched so far this year with an ERA of 3.38. And I've talked long enough. So that's who to watch on this UAB team. They've got some math players. It just sounds like they are a very av- well mediocre team. That's what I'm getting from it. I mean, we'll see how the games turn out. There's well, a reason you play the games. But there's no one on this team that goes, oh, that guy... We need to watch out for him. Except Jess. And only because of his name. Indeed. So, uh, naturally, we're going to be swept. Naturally. I guess, yeah, we can go ahead and make those predictions. Four games against UAB. How many do we think we're going to win? Matt, you want to go first? We're going to sweep them. (laughs) 20 seconds after you say we're going to get swept. (laughs) We're going to sweep them. By the way, Jess Davis is from Kansas City. Really? Where do you... Well, you probably don't know where he went to school. Kearney High School. You mean Kearney? Sure. Wow. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, well, there's two car. There's Carney and there's Kearney. Is it K or God, C? K. Oh, he went to Carney. That's just north of here. That's in Platt County. This is all lost on you guys, so never mind. Yep. Josh, did you just, what did you say about Missouri, Josh? Missouri sucks. Are you saying it interrogatively or are you I mean, declaring? It does. Kansas City's great, but the rest Thanks, of the buddy. state, not so much. The county your parents live in is horrible, and I hate Christian it. County? Yeah, fucking, I don't even want to, we don't have to get into this. Anyway, Josh, how do you think this series will go? Oh, man. So, here's the thing. I know Tech, and Tech Baseball is doing very well right now, and we will drop one game. So, three and one. Yeah, that's where oh, I have yeah. it, too. Three Much and one. I, it's hard to do a four-game sweep. It's happened, but. We'll probably drop one of the doubleheader games. We'll win Friday and you split Saturday and then win Sunday, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened against Southern Miss, too. I'm curious how these doubleheader games go just on a season hold the same way. I'm kind of curious about bonus, or not bonus play, but the the back-to-back doubleheader basketball games. But, yeah, I think 3-1 and one as well. Evan, what do you think? 4-0, no, baby. Let's go. We're not losing another game. 
for, for the rest of the year. Imagine a world in which LaTeX doesn't lose another fucking baseball game for the rest of the year. He doesn't even say God. the end of the year. He just never lost another game. We're going to go and win natty after natty after natty for the yeah. next decade. They're going to ban yeah. us. That's how yeah, good we're we, going to be. I meant every word of that tweet where I said they make it, they win, and I just black out. Yeah, and speaking of Matt's tweet, now we have some tweets of the week to talk about. Yeah, tweets, plural. We have a runner-up to give to. This one goes to at Ashlyn Tullis, or Ash on Twitter. This is a just a picture, and so trying to describe it on a podcast may not be the best idea, but it's one of those thank you for changing my life memes, and <laughs> the other side is just saying I'm literally a bed of tulips for the tulips that tech plants every year. Yeah, that's the runner-up for the Tweet of the Week. Evan, you want to handle the, the entree, the big one, the, the actual entree? Tweet of the Week? I don't know. It's I like how you're not taking this one because it's your wife. Yeah, anyway. it's my wife. That's awful. That's an awful rap. Keep going. Um, <laughs> you have too deep of a voice to do it. Yeah, that's the issue. It's very nice, my wife. So the tweet of the week, the winner goes to at scientist court, aka Courtney, aka Nathan's wife. Sounds um, a lot more litigious than it is. Who, litigious. Who yeah, tweeted, uh, who quote tweeted my tweet that I referenced earlier in the show. Amazing how tech games still start out with announcers poking fun at Lofton's weight and then end up with them fawning over his every move. And she did that meme where it's, I believe, Taraji P. Henson. Is that right? Do I have the actress right there? Holding Kevin Hart like a baby. <laughs> and she labels it GTPDD and wives. Um, and then Kevin Hart is Junior Lofton. And then Taraji P. Henson is staring down. Um, haters that think joking about weight is fun. So, it is fun. It's um, uh, actually Taraji Pinson because litigious is an adjective of or pertaining to litigation. Is this one of those things where now you have to define litigation? Yes. Either way, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where we have some posts up and also where the contest is. I'm running a day behind on that, so when this podcast goes live, I should also have everything graded and tweeted out. Turns out trying to move over a weekend is kind of difficult. <laughs> but again, that's gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And I forgot there were four of us. And go tech. Please don't die. I, I look like uh what's that stupid boy who plays Spider-Man now? Jesus. Uh Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that little shit. Yeah, that little fuck. I'm, I'm just imagining myself in my Spider-Man costume, which they have to paint on because I can't fit in his spandex. And they... <laughs> uh, Why is this Spider-Man? Why not just... Oh, man. And then Mike uh, White in a blue and orange Iron Man suit <laughs> with jorts on. <laughs> Mike White, I don't feel so good. <laughs>